0: Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Glittercast. My name is Renee Watt, a professional psychic, witch, and your host. Today's episode features Richard Leal Lillard, who is also known as the Gentleman Psychic. And we have some good conversations about haunted puppets and spooky growling noises that follow him places and a bunch of other really fun stuff. So go ahead and enjoy the show. Welcome you, Richard Lale.
1: Very good. Lillard. You, you said it. You said it very, very good. Very sh-
0: well. <laughs> it's always, a, it's almost like a little bit of an anxiety when I'm having a guest, like I don't want to butcher the name.
1: Well, my name is, it, it is a difficult name. I mean, it, it, it gets used to, people get used to it. So Richard Lale, Richard Lale. My, my little limerick is all hail Richard Lale. Then it uh, kind of.
0: It is kind that of where the Lale comes from?
1: No, actually. <laughs> uh, I, that was my birth name. I was born Richard Lael Lillard, but it was three names. And now when I'm formally introduced, it's either Reverend or Mr. Richard Lael Lillard. But my, when it's a first name basis, it's Richard Lael. Mm-hmm. So uh, my father was Richard William, Reverend Richard William. Um, my grandfather was Homer Richard, but he went by Rich. My father went by, by Richard, and so they called me Richie. And that was, it was Richie for a long time. And uh, I I didn't like it, and I I tried playing around, and finally I went, you know, I do like Richard Lael, I like that as one name. And I feel like names are really important, they have power. Yeah. And uh, Richard is Middle English, it means powerful ruler. Lael is ancient Aramaic, which means of God, chosen of God, belonging to God. Um, Specifically the horned God of the Middle East. And then Lillard is a derivative of Lollard, which means heretic, witch, mumbler, spellcaster, accuser of the brethren.
0: So this is just what you were destined to become, the gentleman psychic. The gentleman psychic, <laughs>
1: Satanist extraordinaire.
0: Perfect. I love it. I mean, I you look you look like a Satanist extraordinaire, just from your just from your aesthetic.
1: <laughs> well, you know, I I, I I usually wear a suit every single day, and I have since I was a kid. I just liked it. And um, th- you can even see it last night. I was painting live on YouTube and just painting sets for my for my haunted puppets. And uh, I was wearing a suit. It was just what I happened to have been wearing. So I, I, I don't dress up. I just do it.
0: Right. So you have haunted puppets that you, I assume, do...
1: I have... Um, I have a collection of puppets, but my three main ones are my friend the Devil, Osmodeus, and Old Scratch. They are from the 30s; they're Czechoslovakian, and they are rather spirited. Um, so they they will, when they want attention, they'll they'll kick the mirror that they they hang on a mirror. They'll kick the mirror, and they you might see their faces change, and they people they give different feelings to different people, but. I I I love them and I I found them because of my friend the devil and that's actually his name my friend the devil <laughs> it's after a 19 I think 1913 film called my friend the devil but anyway that's what that's it was
0: progressive he is. for 1913
1: no it really was it was it was, so 1913 my friend the devil and um it, I I had two other 30s 1930s hand puppets these are marionettes but I had had two 1930s hand puppets and there's a witch and a devil and uh, my friends from my coven came over and, and they first he comes comes in and he goes oh i love that devil puppet and i said thank you i love it too and then she comes in and she says oh i love that witch puppet and i said thank you i do too and then we were playing with the obsidian mirror the black mirror and she's scrying and she goes oh, it's really funny i can see my reflection i can see you i can see that lamp I just can't see those puppets here. I can't see them. And I went, I know why. Hand them over. So she handed the puppets under the table, and I said, these are lovely, but they are yours. That's why they're not in the mirror. They're your puppets. So then it left me going, I don't have puppets now. I really loved them, but I I don't have the puppets. So I searched out devil puppet, and I came up. I found my friend the devil and his brother Osmodeus. And I was just, I I wish I would have brought them. I do, too. <laughs> <laughs> I, w- I just, I fell in love with his little face, my friend the devil. He he looks a lot like me, strangely enough. But <laughs> I, I went, oh, I just love him. I love him. I love him. And I phoned up a former lover of mine from San Francisco, and and he says, okay, you have to buy that puppet. And I says, no, I, I need to be an adult. I don't need toys. Right. He says, no, you really need to buy that puppet. I said, no. He says, listen. I haven't seen that spark in your eye in a long time. Uh. And you need to buy it because I feel like, um, I feel like that they're going to help you in your marketing and they're going to help you in your videos. And I went, no. And he says, no, listen. He says, tonight you're going to have a dream. And that puppet, that devil's going to walk in your room and he's going to say, daddy, I love you. Daddy, bring (laughs) me home. And I went, okay, Tony, all right. (laughs) Well, that night, my... The devil, the, the puppet walks into my into my dream and he looks up at me, and in the little nasal voice that he uses, he says, Tell Tony, I said hello.
0: Oh shit. That's <laughs> even better than him saying, <laughs> Take me home. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: so I I went, Okay, all right, fine, all right. I'll buy them, I'll bring them home. And since then they have they have they're very interactive and they'll they'll like I said, they'll kick the mirror or People will get different feelings from them. It's usually they're you, you know they're performers, so they're not they're not evil. They're just they're performers, mm-hmm. so they, they they like to perform.
0: Right. Okay. So you have these two puppets that came haunted. Mm-hmm. Do you ever buy non haunted puppets and invoke? Yeah, I do into mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, I, I I use I use especially these two. My friend the devil and Osmoteus, mostly my friend the devil, in. Ritual practices, yes. so I do invoke them a lot. But I do have, I do have other puppets that I, I, I use for other energy, and then it de- it depends upon what I'm doing. What mm-hmm. I'm calling in, but my friend the devil, he's kind of fun, and he's a prankster, and he's, he, he, they tell the worst good bad jokes. I mean, they're
0: so <laughs> <bad>. <laughs> oh my god! So do you feel like you channel like basically like the dialogue?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I had an. I, I had a, um, a similar bad joke experience when I was, I was taking like a, a death bath basically. Mm-hmm. Like I wanted to just be with death and, you know, let him take what I yes. wanted to be taken. And um, I felt like there was like a banter going and I was like, I used to do stand up comedy and I said to um, death, I was like, you should help me write jokes. And he said, I bet those jokes would kill, <laughs> and then he left, <laughs> like it was, done.
1: that is so funny,
0: <laughs> I love when a sense of humor does come through from the other side, sorry, voodoo's like pawing at you, if you need to figure uh, out, you can, no, dogs love
1: me, I, 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 children and dogs, they love me, I guess they can feel the energy, but
0: yeah, she always gets very, um, like, I, I got it. I, gotta pick her, I have to pick her up or she'll like just go crazy. But she, whenever I am doing like a reading or teaching a class or doing spell work, it's like she has to be in my lab. Mm-hmm. And normally she's fine to go do her own thing. But if it's in the, if like, I'm like, okay, so you're my familiar, I get it. But can I just like, please do this <laughs> ritual?
1: <laughs> well, you know, my, my friend, the devil is funny because um, I, I, he's, He's an inanimate object, but he's not. And and he sort of is not my. He's a familiar, but he's not alive. Right. But he he's sort of a homunculus or a you know little human. But uh, he he has his own personality. I bought a I bought a little violin because I thought you know the devil plays the violin. Of course right. he does. Yes. And I had the hardest time getting that violin to stay in his person. He would throw the the bow and he would and I finally had to say okay play the violin for me, and then you don't have to play it for a long time.
0: <laughs> so there's like even negotiation. No it negotiation. is like a, yeah, it's almost like a. It's I I don't know. It's just like an interesting relationship and dynamic. I feel like we jumped straight into haunted puppets. Yeah. <laughs> and I want to rewind a little bit to sort of get a little bit of your origin story. How did you become... I mean, what were your first paranormal experiences like? How did you become you, basically? It was,
1: was, uh, I was an odd, strange, weird, unusual kid growing up in the Midwest. Right. And um, my mother is uh, of Cherokee descent. My father is, they were French Protestants, the Huguenots, who arrived in the 1600s, and uh, also then Native American. So I've got it from both sides. Mm -hmm. And I thought that everybody knew things. I just, I just did right uh, uh, because it was what my family did so i i thought everyone knew things and i remember uh, i was i was 4 almost 5 this was my first like major one i was 4 almost 5 and my father came down with gambare french polio okay and uh, he slipped into a coma oh my gosh yeah he w- it was it was a lot of you know my mother was dealing with maybe she was going to be a widow and what was going to happen They would ask me, what do you want for your birthday? Which is New Year's Eve. My birthday is New Year's (gasps) Eve. And they would say, uh, I'd say, my father is coming home for my birthday. And they would go, oh, bless. Yeah. Which is sort of southern talk for you dumb kid. You have no idea. Well, my father ended up by, um, he he not only slipped into a coma, but he actually died. Oh. There's more to it than that. But my my father was cognitive. He could hear everything that was going on. And the doctor said, we've done everything we can do, notify the family, mark the time of death, uh, cover him up with the sheet. There's nothing else we can do. Right. So he walks out. The one nurse stays behind so that she can fill out the paperwork and, and do what has to be done. She gets to the door, and she turns around and walks back to my father's bed. And for the first time in months, he cleared his throat. Whoa. <clears> throat> Which, you know, when you're... Well, the recently deceased, they can expel gas. Yes. And, but there was something different. She oh, she picked up the corner of the sheet, and my father sat straight up in bed. How are you today, he said. Whoa. The woman passed out. She screamed, passed out on the floor. The doctor heard the commotion, comes running in. He's white as a sheet, and the doctor says, What, what happened? And my, my father, being ever the prankster, says, I don't know, doc. I just said hello, and she passed out. <laughs> and the doctor said, Well, let me tell you, if a corpse would raise out of bed and talk to you, you might pass out too. Right. So my father came home the day and the night before my fifth birthday, and I continued to color. And (laughs) and they said, well, aren't you excited? Your daddy came home. And I looked, and I said, I knew he was going to. Yeah. And then I remember thinking, I'll have him for 20 more years, a little more, but 20 more years. Mm -hmm. 20 years later, he died the day and the night after my 25th birthday.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah. That's so weird that it's like always that day and the night synchronicity. Mm-hmm.
1: Day and the night before, the day and the night after.
0: Did you ever talk about how you knew he would be coming home? Did you guys ever like discuss that or was it just like, all right? Well, I,
1: I, I, I have a love-hate relationship with uh, the, the religion that I was, was raised in.
0: Yeah, I understand that. <laughs> so
1: I, I was raised Pentecostal.
0: Okay, I'm not too familiar. Well,
1: well, they're, they're, it's it's a strange there's different sects of it, but they they the, the overarching is that they they speak in tongues, so you know, they di oh, okay. blah 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 blah. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, so as a family being Pentecostal. Oh, you see a demon? Okay, there's a demon. Oh, there's a ghost? Yeah, there's probably a ghost. Oh, witches are real, and demons are real, and devils are real, and these things are real. So other mainstream Christian groups would go, oh, no, that's imaginary. No, 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 that's not real. No, 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 no. But the Pentecostals go, yes, that's real. Let's pray about it. Right. So they they didn't sort of push that out of me, which was good.
0: Yeah. When you, so you are a medium, correct, as well as a psychic. Yeah. So how did you sort of grow and like come into uh, harnessing that for your career path? And how did you sort of realize that about yourself? It
1: was uh, an interesting thing. So I I had dreams, one of my earliest ones, I remembered I met my, my grandfather. And I, I said, oh, well, yeah, I remember he had this candy and there was a table with with this thing that th- th- this covering that went down and he had this this green striped chair and uh, the kitchen was over here and i remember i talked to him and they said there's no way no way he died in 1974 there's no way you weren't even you weren't even thought of yet right and i went but no i th- i'm pretty certain he couldn't have died in 74 yeah he died in 74 so that was my my first early but then I had dreams of uh, even celebrities. Oftentimes um, when people recognize something of you in them, they can communicate through dreams and they're sort of attracted to your your energy. Yeah. So I had encountered Freddie Mercury. I used to be a Freddie Mercury impersonator. Many, many times uh, Freddie would come to me.
0: Yes, I have that with David Bowie.
1: Oh, I love David. Oh,
0: I have very vivid dreams where I can feel like his body like I can feel like I don't know what it would feel like to hug him and like how far my arms would spread and like the softness of his Mm -hmm. shirt just all
1: that yeah and and that's the thing is that uh, people ask me well where's you know what happens when you die and I go well first of all when you die your body just deteriorates right or it gets burned or yeah (laughs) um but I I like to tell people that energy cannot be created nor destroyed it only changes form Mm -hmm. and then also it's a matter of perspective of how you slice time. So, yeah. time we can we can see the effects of time, but nobody really knows what time is. And if you're cutting it, it whichever way, your slice of time could be now and the dinosaurs, or now and a thousand years into the future, or whatever. Right. It may be. Yeah. It's just perspective.
0: Yeah. I mean, if you want to throw some like alternative dimensions on top of that too. Absolutely. Absolutely. You can definitely, you know, run around into some weird different places.
1: I encountered, um, one of my favorites is Jack Parsons. Now I live in Pasadena and Uh Jack Parsons lived in Pasadena. Also, he was a Thelemite. He was a follower of Alistair Crowley and Aleister is one of my, one of my favorite role models. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I mean, Jack has come through seances.
0: Uh-huh. So
1: the first one, it was very technical and talking about artificial intelligence and things. Right. And then the next time he came through, it was a little bit more playful because he was able to be a little bit more open with me.
0: Right. You guys had um a, an acquainted yourselves uh, you know, with we, one we another. We yeah, were, <laughs> we
1: were. We had a little bit more rapport. And uh, I'm doing a seance in my tower room, and and I have several people around. I, I don't put my hands on the board so that I'm not accused of manipulation. Because, right. You know, it's just, and I felt this presence. I went, oh, there's a man here. Who's here? And the board spells out JP. The woman to my right goes, JP Morgan? And I went, oh, <laughs> you know, it's Jack Parsons. I know, Jack. Hi, Jack. How are you? And I said, what do you want to tell me? And he says, I, and I, I, I may be off on the the combination because it's been a little while, but the board spells out CRJ1K. And I went, I don't know what that is. Yeah. This fella says, well, maybe it's maybe it's like a rocket ship or something. And I went, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. So I said, Jack, what do you want to tell me? And he says, book. And I went, okay, yeah, I know, I know. You're not the only spirit living or dead to tell me I need to write a book. Yes, you're right. You're right, Jack. And then he spells out H.H. H. Holmes. The woman here to my right said, the serial killer? And I went, well, I played H. H. Holmes once or twice on TV. Maybe that's what he's seeing. I don't know. And I said, well, Jack, it was really lovely to meet you. Thank you so much for coming back in. La, 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 close out the seance. And I Googled it. And the call letters, the CRJ-1000 was a, um, a jet propulsion engine that was inspired by the workings of Jack Parsons. And the book, I, I'm, yes, I'm supposed to write a book, but there was a book called rocket shipped the morgue the author was Anthony Boucher this was 1941 and he parodies in this book a certain famous rocket scientist in Pasadena and the the man's pen name uh, Anthony Boucher's pen name was HH H. Holmes
0: oh
1: and so one of the synchronicities was that all of these there's a it's a locked door room murder mystery. So how did this happen? How did this killer get in and out of this room? And, and so he's trying to find out, and he goes to all of these science fiction writers in L.A., and they're saying, well, it could be an extra dimension. It could be it, maybe he can walk through walls. Maybe, maybe there's all of these supernatural ways. I'm not going to tell you how, how it actually happens, but the thing that was really funny is that all of these writers belong to this club called the Manana Society, because they're science fiction and they project for the future, but also because they'll go, "Oh, I have this great idea for a book. Oh yeah, when are you gonna write it?" Manana. <laughs> yeah. So okay. Fair. Jack was going. You gonna write that book tomorrow? Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. So have you made? Have you made?
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, a little bit. I've gotten one chapter done, and I've I've been so lax. I just I need to get it done.
0: I mean it's hard when you have multiple projects. It's hard when you're self-employed and it's just like you've got like you're just running all your shit. It, it's like it'll happen when it happens sort of a thing. It'll happen. Exactly.
1: Yeah, he wasn't but he wasn't the only spirit that told me living or dead, you need to write a book. Mhm. Uh, one chapter's done.
0: Oh, there you go. It's a start. <laughs> <laughs> you said so you said that you do you did the séance in what you refer to as your tower room.
1: Uh, yeah, there's, there's a. In, it's an 1890 Victorian where I live. Okay. And there is a an octagon shaped room off to the side, and I've got a I've got an octagon shaped table, and I I have seven chairs. No, I'm sorry, five chairs in there, um, because the other two I put away. But there, I the, I just I do my seances there. I do all of my magic there. Yes. And, um, it, it's quite a spirited room already because, you know, the one, the shape, that's, it's, it's, it's on a ley line and it's pulling out all of this energy, but also because I, I do a lot of magic there and my mirrors, you're never supposed to put mirrors facing mirrors. I know, but I do it in this room because I want to conduct energy and I want it to travel.
0: Right, 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 right.
1: So the mirrors will, when I'm, when I'm working, will start to shake. Yeah. And there's no earthquakes. It's just
0: it's just the magic. It's, it's the magic. <laughs> <laughs> one time I did um one time I did a ritual, and like ten minutes after, there was a tiny earthquake, and I was like, "Is that me?" Like, you know what I mean? Just like when stuff happens like that, you're like, "Was it?" Me. It could be. Yeah. It, could be. <laughs> it felt like I don't know. Felt like more than um. Do you ever have sort of like weather or weird stuff happen that corresponds with your magic?
1: Usually, usually, yeah. I, I have found that um, you have to be very specific in your magic and right. your words, because sometimes you can open up cans of worms that you weren't intending. Right. So, uh, so as far as weather phenomena, you know, not really. Usually, it's just a little rumbling in the room. But I've learned to be very specific with my with my dialogue,
0: so that you don't. Bring in something that you don't care for mm-hmm. do you have I'm like, do you have an ex- an experience that you would reference?
1: Well, there's a couple um, so more recently, there I went up to this this place called Satan's castle here and that's like two hours outside of LA. What is it? It's an old turn of the century mansion that is just the foundation
0: oh. and it's
1: high on this this mountain peak and it has this pentagram shaped tower and everyone is saying, oh, it was satanic and that there were rituals that was there and and they, there were secret tunnels that went down to the Catholic Church. Most of that is BS. Frankly. Right. So my intention was, I'm going to go there, I'll laugh it off, and, you know, we'll go to Satan's castle. I drove my little old roadster all the way up there. And the video, um, well, I had car trouble because you know, that energy was there. Mm-hmm. I come back home and I edit, I go to edit the videos and there's just grumblings, growlings and grumblings. And
0: Do you hear that now?
1: Yes, I did hear that.
0: That was crazy.
1: Yeah, that's funny.
0: That was just exactly what <laughs> happened for us. Okay.
1: I believe you. I believe that happened. <laughs> so, I, well, the, the, the room started. There were things that were happening there in that chamber then. And I did a, a group sort of spiritual raising with my friend patty negri uh, via online and Uh she says there's there's an old spirit that's traveling people were feeling hot flashes and they were hearing growlings and they were were going, what is this what's what's going on and she said there's an old spirit it's an old like i keep getting solomon but not i don't know why and i went patty i have a lithograph of king solomon in my chamber so it's a goetic demon, as they're called, you know, they're not really, I don't believe in necessarily demons, mm-hmm. but an energy, and I said, it's, it's followed me from the mountain, it's, fo- it's, so I came up with the name, I said, his name is, his name is, is Otto, or something, I'm, I keep getting Odo, Odo, and my friend said, no, but I'm getting Fred, and I went, wait, Frodo, Frodo, and then I, I googled it, and Freida. Is where Frodo got his name, and Freida means mountain spirit.
0: Did you just hear it again?
1: Yeah. I, I, anything electronic, you might have difficulty because.
0: Oh, Voodoo's having like weird dreams now. <laughs> 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 like, just wake up. It's okay. Oh. She's like making it, okay. So. um I just totally got distracted by like the little growling that's happening around you right now.
1: <laughs> yeah, they they follow me. They're harmless. They're not. Yeah, they're I don't not.
0: feel scared. I think that things are only scary if you feed it your fear and energize that effect.
1: Absolutely, um, and, and you know that's one of the the problems that I have with a lot of the popular idea of of, of seeking out the paranormal. Is that people go into a home, or they'll go into a, a church, or they'll go to a theater, whatever it may be, cemetery, and they start screaming, "Come at me! Come at me! Prove yourself! Come at me, demon!" Mm-hmm. And by putting that energy out, then what are you going to get back? Yeah. So when I when I enter a space, I will I will say hello, um, thank you for having me, thank you for being my guest, thank you for you know living or dead. Yeah. So yeah, that's. I, I just feel like if you if you pay them respect, then they don't. They're not. they are not they They. They may. They may be curious and touch microphones and things, but
0: right or like you know the back of your shoulder.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> it all depends, I think, too, on like how you are psychically receptive,
1: as well. Absolutely, I have been physically impacted, um, so. I used to be, as I told you, a Freddie Mercury impersonator. Uh-huh. I, I worked at the Imperial Palace. It's now the Quad, but the Imperial Palace in, in Vegas. And um, the, the owner was a German. What was his name? I can't remember now. The previous owner. And he had, he had collected Nazi memorabilia. He apologized for it. Right. But he collected Nazi memorabilia. And I got really smug because my dressing room was in his penthouse. Yeah. And I said, yeah, what do you think about that, Ralph Ingolstadt? I said, what do you think about that, Ralph? What do you think about that? That I, a gay, out man who has French ancestry, is here getting naked in your house. How do you like that? Yeah. And he, I, some, I felt something hit me in the back, and I, I realized that it was the ink pen from off of the, the clipboard on the wall where we did notations for breaks or whatever it was. And everyone in the room went, how in the world did that? And I went, oh, Ralph didn't like that. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry,
0: not sorry. Sorry, you Nazi. Sorry. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So see, I mean, people have these assumptions that when you die, you become this like sort of evolved being and it doesn't even necessarily. Not always. No, I think a lot of time people end up sort of stuck in their karma Mm
1: -hmm. and if
0: they can't resolve it then that's how you get people that are stuck
1: absolutely Mm -hmm. absolutely i mean there's different ways that as you know there's different kinds of hauntings and there's different ways that people get stuck and energies some of them are residual some of them are are cognizant some of them are interdimensional some of them are i mean there's you know there's all all kinds of different kinds of hauntings
0: i'm curious about the Type of spirits or entities that may inhabit your Victorian home, oh, yes. other than the puppets.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, the puppets are the puppets are fun, but there are there are several spirits. Um, there is the original owner of the house that has he comes through in all of my seances, and I learn a little bit more about him every time. And
0: the house, I am sure.
1: Uh, well, he's really lovely. He so he built the house in 1890 when it was farmland, and yeah, the, and so it was. They had some money. The house probably must have cost, I think, four thousand dollars to build, which doesn't seem like a lot, but it was around a hundred grand in eighteen ninety. So it was. They had some money. Yeah. They didn't have a lot because it's it's not a mansion, but it's it's a nice house. Yeah. And uh, as as luck would have it, he had two children. One of them, uh, who one of them lived. The other one died rather rather young. So after his son died, he would spend all of his time in my chamber downstairs, just moping and you know being sad. And when I came in, I I, I just I was just I was moving and I didn't think and I was just bringing things in and I I, I kept seeing a flash of someone by my mirror and I went okay that's fine you know that's okay whatever. And then one morning he awakened me and said, "Who are you?" what are you doing in here? Why are you here? And I apologized. I said, oh, I know who you are. Forgive me that I did not introduce myself. Oh. Um, I love your home. I mean you no disrespect. I'm grateful that you allow me to be here. I'm going to be bringing in furniture that is of your time period, so it might be something of what it looked like when you were alive. And I mean you no disrespect. That's that's." paramount and then after that he became really friendly even patty came over (laughs) right after shortly thereafter and she she was she was doing the seance and she's there's this beautiful male energy right over there victorian gentleman and i went yeah i know who that is yeah
0: i saw a very nice looking orb when you said and after that he was very friendly i was like oh i see it okay Yeah. (laughs) yeah no
1: he's lovely his daughter comes in once in a while, but I think she's residual. Oh, okay. she would come up the drive and then she would walk through, and and not only I see, but my friend who lives upstairs, Johnny sees it, and uh, my other friend who comes over sees it. So, uh, yeah, they will. There's this woman. They say round. There's this round thing, and I go, it's her hat? She's got uh. she's got a big hat. She wears this big floppy hat.
0: Yeah. But she'd
1: come up the side, and then she'd go around, hang up her hat, and then go see her father.
0: Uh, oh. So that's like the the most uh-huh. interaction you get is like sort of her. I always have this sort of, um, I mean, I have different theories that I like to play with when it comes to ghosts or, you know, lack of a better word. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I think about is just that like time not being linear and maybe we're haunting them.
1: Absolutely. <laughs> oh, I absolutely agree. Especially in an older home, which was designed, they were designed to, bring in energies and spirits. They, with the towers and the turrets and the, the trim. So yeah, time is not time is time is relative.
0: Yeah. your my clairvoyance is like setting off from you so much. It's just like fucking orb, 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 like all around you. And usually when that, when that happens, when I see so many orbs, it's like an indication of someone else being clairvoyant. I'm curious sort of, because I, I normally just see orbs every once in a while, a figure, um, but I'm always curious how other people's clairvoyance manifests.
1: It, it manifests for me in different ways. Um, there have been some really great orbs. I was performing in Greece as Freddie. Not Gre- Greece the country, not Greece the musical. Right. <laughs> and uh, I, was, I, was, I was doing this nightclub and someone snapped a picture and there was this beautiful radiant orb behind me. I mean, it was, it was behind me, but it was huge. But sometimes for me, I see orbs. Sometimes there'll be sparks of, of electricity.
0: Mm -hmm. Sometimes
1: there's knockings. Sometimes there's uh, sometimes, sometimes I will think these thoughts and I will just, I will get them. Yeah. So, you know, I did a seance for a friend of mine and, and his uncle came through and he says, well, I, I I want him to be possessed. I, I want him to possess me. And I went, you, you've been paying attention to what's been going on. And I've said things that I would never say, like, I, I don't want to identify too much, but I said your uncle slaps you on the back and he says macho, 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 and I said I would never say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What What do you think that that is? I mean, I, I wouldn't say that,
0: right? And
1: he goes, Oh, yeah, I guess that's true. I went, of course, it's true. So, <laughs> so that's it, sometimes like it, it, words and pictures and textures and feelings. It it, it varies. I don't know. It it it's. Sometimes I can actually see physical people right in front of me.
0: Yeah. That's only happened to me, like, with my eyes closed. That's like, I only get, like, really defined things with my third eye, but you see them with your naked eye. Yeah. Sometimes.
1: (laughs) So, um, I've had energies that I swore were three-dimensional corporeal beings. Right. And one of my... One of the things that happened to me in, in Greece was I had finished performing as Freddie Mercury, mm-hmm. and I walked back to the little studio I was staying. And it was around eleven o'clock when I finished. And I went, something is strange. I, this is weird. I need to. I need to go. I need to go back to town. Why? I don't know. Maybe I'm hungry. <laughs> so I sit down and I I I have a little bite and I go. There's something strange. It's not. There's. It's strange. I have to go to the beach. And I kept hearing this voice, go further, go further down the beach, go further down the beach. Well, I walked past these two rather large Greek boys. I was on this island for six months. These two large Greek boys, and they were silent. And then I climbed up on the, on the lounge beds, the sun beds, and I began to meditate on the universe and the divine and the energies. And then I, my eye was caught that way off in the distance... Was a young man and a woman playing in the sea, and I went okay. Back to the sea. Back to focus. Back to focus. And the next thing I know, she's walking by me. Her hair is wet. She's holding her shoes in her hand, and there's another man who was not the one that was swimming with her, running after her, screaming, um, uh, calling her all kinds of uh, inappropriate names for, right. for a lady. And I went, okay, something, I need, to, I need to remember this. I need to know what's going on here. The next thing I know, he's got her down on the ground. He's kicking her, calling her a, a slag, and, and, and that he was upset that she was playing in the, in the sea and all, all horrible things. And I stood up. And he says, mind your own effing business. I'm having a fight with the missus. And I, I stood there and I spoke. And I said, don't effing touch her. Yeah. And he comes running at me and he says, I can kill you. I'm bigger than you are. I can rip you in half. And I went, hold that thought. Hold that thought. Wait. Hold that thought. And I go over to these big Greek guys and I say, hi, gentlemen. Hi. Come with me. Come here. <laughs> and I put them on either side and I said, don't effing touch her. Yeah. So she goes to walk off. He kicks her. She falls flat on <gasps> her back. And I said, hey. And he looks up at me and he has this unadulterated look of terror on his face. I have never seen someone so afraid in my life, and these Greek boys, they go in on him, and he runs off, and I reach my hand down, and she says, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, he could have hurt you, he could have hurt you, what were you doing here, what were you doing alone on the beach at three o'clock in the morning, and I said, I was here for you, and she says, oh, I'm so embarrassed, it was you, I, I'm, uh, your Freddie Mercury, I was going to come see your show, I'm so embarrassed, uh... I'm so embarrassed, I said, I'm, it's, it's, I'm not, it's fine, I said, she said, but what were you doing alone on the beach at three o'clock in the morning, I said, well... I was here for you and I was here for him because I, I feel like he has a child and tonight that, that child was going to lose his mother or lose his father. She said, well, yeah, he's, he was, he was, he's got this other, he has a child from an, from another woman. And I said, well, I don't know what, I don't know if you were going to kill him or he was going to kill you, but somebody was going to die tonight. And then that little boy was not going to have dad in life. And, uh, So we sat and we talked for a little bit. And then the the man came sheepishly back, like really shy and looking down.
0: Quite the contrast.
1: Quite. And the the woman got really nervous. And I said, it's fine. It's fine. I'm not afraid. I said, you go back to the hotel. And he he says, I won't hurt you. And I said, I know that. Yeah. I wasn't afraid of you 30 minutes ago. Why would I be afraid of you now? Right. And he says, that's why I came back. I'm bigger than you are. I really could have hurt you. What were you doing alone on the beach at three o'clock in the morning? And I said, Well, I was here for you, and I was here for your little boy, and I was also here because I—I'm telling you, I saw—I saw water running under the tap, and I saw a knife, and there was blood everywhere. I don't know if that was now, or I don't. I, but that's what I was sensing in this. Right. And he turned pale, and he says, um, "Well." Her mother murdered her father because she was in an abusive relationship and she she took the knife and butchered him to death. Oh my gosh. Because she had to get away and she didn't know how. And and then I realized that both of them had asked me, what were you doing alone on the beach at three o'clock in the morning? Yeah. And then I remembered that when I looked and saw him running away, I didn't see those Greek men anymore.
0: I was wondering, I was like, why were they there at three in the, <laughs> so these were just like, yes, and that, I mean, that, I guess, would also explain, too, why he was so, so afraid.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, you pro- I mean, it sounds like you kind of broke a generational pattern. I you did. know what I mean? Like, some real trauma.
1: Well, and I told him, I said, you know, you are, neither one of you, you, you say you love her, but you this is not love. No. And, and. You need to separate. He says, well, I was just so jealous because she, she was happy in that sea and I wished it was me making her happy. And I said, but that's not...
0: How you do it.
1: That's not happiness. Yeah. And I said, you need to... I don't know what happened. They left you know, back to England. Then I said, I don't... This was not... This is not the way you... This is not the way you show love. Yeah. So maybe I did break a generational...
0: I mean, yeah, I mean, if there was that happening, you know, with a parental unit. Oh yeah. Yeah, I am. I'm curious because it, I mean, you must have been an extremely established Freddie Mercury <laughs> impersonator <laughs> if you're going and doing
1: overseas shows. You know, the universe has. The universe is always. In, I, I'm I'm always amazed by the way that it happens. So. um the first time I was ever called Freddie was I did Sweet Charity. I mean, we're talking 20 years ago. And they they put a mustache on me and they went, oh, my God, you look like Freddie Mercury. And I went, okay, yeah, I, I kind of know, you know, we will rock you. Okay, what's that? But <laughs> I don't know. So I started listening to the music and then people started going, oh, my God, really, you look like Freddie Mercury. Oh, my God. you Oh, my God. And then Freddie start, was coming to me in my dreams and um, I moved to Vegas. I became a hairdresser, and I hated it. <laughs> and a client comes in, and he says, you know, you kind of look like Freddie Mercury, and if you could sing, you could make some money. And I went, well, I, I used to. Yeah. And he says, let's do it. So then I, he got me the job at Imperial Palace, and I got tired. I got tired of being treated like a dancing monkey. Yeah. Because it, it, I, I had to sing deal Blackjack. So oh Jesus! I
0: know. Yeah, that's excessive in a casino. <laughs> <laughs> While so, not breaking character, exactly. Mm-hmm. So
1: my the early part of the week, my voice was clear and bright, and by the end, I sounded like Mama.
0: Yeah, well, especially with like sm- like cigarette smoke, all of that. Yeah.
1: So i uh, I bought a one way ticket to London. They said, "Oh, you can't just go to London." And I went, "Oh yeah, watch me." So I get to England. Now, mind you, it had only been on a couple of little minor things. I had not really done anything at this point. And I get to England, and in customs, the woman says, Wait, don't I know you? And I went, No, darling, I don't think so. <laughs> she says, No, I know I've seen you before. And I went, No, nope, that's not possible, dear. And she says, No, I've seen you on the telly. What have you been on? I went, I don't know. I've been on lots of things. I'm, I, you know, I'm, I'm a celebrity. She says, Yeah, but what? I said American things you wouldn't have seen them. She says, "No, I know I've seen you." And I said, "I don't know, darling, where my face has been. I'm a celebrity." <laughs> and she took the, the my my passport and she stamped it. Enjoy your stay, which they never they never do that in England. They never ever ever do that. So, I was doing fairly well. I had, you know, I had made decent money up to that point. And then I didn't realize that the pound was double the dollar, and I uh, was. I went through a lot of money, yeah, because I just did. I mm-hmm. was uh, she eating at nice places and shopping, and I got down to about uh, I got down to about a thousand pounds, which is like 500 bucks, yeah. And I went, I started hyperventilating. Oh no, what have I gotten myself into? Oh no, oh no, oh no, oh god, oh god, oh god. Oh god. <laughs> well, then I received out of the blue some random email please tell me that you're a Freddie Mercury impersonator because we want to fly you to Greece. We will pay you 350 euros three days a week for your show. And uh, we'll have you here for the entire season, for the entire, so for six months, I was in Greece performing. And then I was, I went, well, I don't really want to go back to the States yet. I don't know what I want to do. And my friend was living in Sweden. And he says, hey, come to Sweden. I married this Swedish girl, come to Sweden. (laughs) (laughs) So I I married a
0: Swedish man at one point.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, not anymore. But well, yeah, <laughs> he's not married to her anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> All right, got it. <laughs> yeah.
1: So uh, actually, he w- they were going through the divorce right as I arrived. And oh, fun! So I you. stayed for six months to sort of, and then I hadn't worked in six months, so again, no well, money. Yeah. And uh, I went okay. Now what? And then I received another random email out of the blue. We want to fly you to Las Vegas so that you can perform as Freddie Mercury. We'll pay you X amount of money plus airfare, and I went great. And then that got me back to the states, and that was what moved me to San Francisco, and and then I'm here.
0: Were you performing as him before or after he died? After. After. Mm-hmm. So, and he was coming into you to dreams. So this is like, you were not seeking this. Mm-hmm. It was
1: almost like he was like, hey, so, like, someone's got to do it. <laughs> yeah. Well, he was really funny. Um. So I, there were, there was one dream in particular that I have to go back to. So we'll talk about that one. But this one w- it was one that was, it was really, it was who he was. I was 20, I was 24 and I, I was the first time intimate with anybody because, you know, I was a Pentecostal and I didn't want to go to hell. I yeah. know. <laughs> Roll my eyes at that. But I had this dream where I was going up this mountain. It was really cold and there were these... It was sort of like the Carpathian Mountains in Dracula. And I get in to this home, and it's actually my childhood home. And around the corner comes this very gaunt, very thin, very pale man. He's wearing a blue shirt and a, a waistcoat with embroidered cats all over it. Uh-huh. And he hugs me, and then I feel like I'm being ravaged, and I feel like I'm, I I can't breathe. And I said, why, why, why? And he pushes off me, and he says, if you're not careful, it'll get you. And his eyes turn red. Ooh. So in the dream, I, I was still asleep, but in the dream, I wake up, and I go into my mother, and I said, mother, I just had this terrible dream. And... Of course, she's my dream mother. She's yeah. Like, so she says, "Well, it was a dream." Sit down here next to me, and then she rolls over, and her eyes turn red. She says, "I told you it was going to get you. I told you it was." And so I, I woke up, going, "Ah, you know, it, it was it was scary." And then I realized, "Oh, that was Freddie Mercury as he was suffering from AIDS." And he was yeah. it, even though it was scary for me, he was saying, "Don't be stupid. Just don't be stupid."
0: Right. Right.
1: So that was that was he. There were other times that he'd come that you know were casual and he was friendly and very sweet, very charismatic. And his, I met his friends and family, and they would cry and say, "Oh my God, you're so! I don't know how you can be here." Oh, I was channeling a spirit, but right. I don't know how you can do this. And uh, the one, there was one particular dream that that for years later I thought it was Freddie, but uh, I'm I have to kind of tell the story. To tell that part of it. Uh-huh. So before I was born, my mother was bleeding internally. And beginning to swell, beginning to swell, beginning to swell. The doctors told her, you have to get an abortion because y- you both could die. Yeah. Mother said, well, that's that's really hard for me. I don't know. Let me, th- let me think about it. Let, give me a couple of days to think about it. So she goes in, and she's sitting on her, on her, on her, on her, on her sofa, nauseated, sick to her stomach, and in walks out of nowhere, this olive-skinned, dark-haired woman in a flowing red dress. And she says, His face. And my mother, knowing it was about me, what's wrong with his face? What's wrong with his face? What's wrong with it? What is is he deformed? Is he ugly? What's wrong? And the woman says, His face. What? What's wrong? His face. What? Tell me. She says, The glory of God shines all over it. Uh I was like, You tell me, come on. <laughs> and my mother goes, She 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 grabbed her her chest as like, oh, a sigh of relief. Yeah. She closed her eyes just for a split second and thought, who's that woman in my house? So she opened her eyes and there was no one there. Right. So years go by and I was about seven and uh, I, I got up to go to the bathroom late in the night down the hall. Walked back to my bedroom, which I shared with my my younger brother, and I got in bed, and my toes began to tingle, like when you hit that funny bone yeah. sensation, and it crept all the way up until my hair was staying on on edge, and I, I so, you know I thought I was cold, so I pulled the, the duvet up under my chin, and I scratched my leg trying to make myself wake up, and I thought well, maybe you know something is that's that's not that's not normal, and. As I pulled the, d- the cover up under my chin, it was ripped out of my hand, and it folded <laughs> to the foot of the bed. And by my ankles, I was ripped out of the bed, and I oh. was held in the air, and I was shaken. And I couldn't talk. I could see my brother. And I, I I said, help, help, help. Nobody. nobody. I couldn't get anything out. And I cried. Of course, in those days, I was a Christian, but I, I cried, God, help me. And then just like that, I went headfirst back into the bed, and the covers went back under my chin. And as I looked out my window, there was someone that many years later I thought was Freddie Mercury when I started playing Freddie. This man crawls in the window, and he smooths out his mustache. And then I fly into that body, and then I, I go into this other alternate dream state, which, you know, that's not relative to the story. As a teenager, however, I was tormented, teased religiously everywhere I, I had no respite. I couldn't go to church. I couldn't go to school. I I couldn't even go home where my brothers would, you know, they would they would make snide remarks. And I I cursed myself. By this point I had moved across the hall into my sister's old room. And I came out of the bathroom and I looked in a in a silver mirror I had behind the door, an old one. And I had red, red candle sconces on either side. I lit those candles and I looked in that mirror and I said, I hate you. Aww. You should have been aborted. You should have died when you were 7. You should have not you should not exist. And I went to bed crying that it didn't work. Aww. Well, that's when the story gets really kind of strange because, you know, it's been many years since I was 15. Right. Many years. And I have this dream. It, it it's flashes and someone is being held in the air, being shaken, and I can't see who it is. So I go out the room, and I go down the stairs, and I go climb in the window, and I smooth out my mustache yes. to see who is, is getting shaken. And I look in, and lying in the bed is my younger self, the seven-year-old. Yep. He's being comforted by the woman in red with the, the olive oh. skin and the flowing hair. And she looks up at me, and she says, you did this but by this point i was 15 and he said my 15 year old self said no no i would never and she says listen it's his skin under your under your fingernails and your teeth marks on his arm cuz i also had bit bit my arm to to wake up and he went no 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 i wouldn't and then she takes that this goddess this divine energy takes this 15 year old boy and hugs him and then i realized I hadn't had, uh, now I have a, a mustache, but I haven't played Freddie in 10 years. I haven't had a mustache in at least yeah. that long. It was that, I thought all those years that was Freddie in my window, but it wasn't. It was actually my future self.
0: I've attacked myself. I've had future so- like, self-attack past self. It's really a mind fuck when you realize that you gave yourself... Mm-hmm. A, paralysis night terror all that stuff and you're the only person I've ever spoken to who had done that to themselves before
1: well we forget how much magic that we have we we as people and when we're when we're teenagers especially we go through feeling fat and feeling rejected and trying to fit in and hating our lives and hating who we are and Wanting to die. We, as sad as it is, it's a human condition. Right. And it doesn't happen to everybody, but it does happen to a lot of people. And so they, 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 we curse ourselves with (laughs) night terrors and with bad dreams and with our future selves. And then we come back and we go, Oh, I did that. Oh, hmm." yeah. (laughs) Oops. (laughs)
0: Yeah. I, I feel like I needed to like, not sober me was attacked by sober me. <laughs> so, but even, but even then when I sobered up and I realized it because I don't really know how time loops work, I like did, I did the, okay, I'm going to send me back now because I didn't want to undo this like potent dream that, you know, had an effect on me getting sober. Yeah, It's interesting. It makes you wonder too. Like, you know, I felt like I had to from the future, send something to the past because mm-hmm. I made that connection. I never thought to not do it, but it makes you wonder what if I what if I didn't do it? Would that would I somehow get sent to a different outcome? Yeah,
1: it's possible. Yeah. Because again, time is uh, we don't really understand it. It's to quote Doctor Who, wibbly wobbly, timey rhymey.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for being here. I feel like a Doctor Who quote is as good a place (laughs) as any. I'm going to have to talk to you again because I feel like there's so much more that I still want to ask you and talk to you about. Well,
1: I am so glad that I am here. I would love to have you on my show.
0: Yes. Um,
1: So you can find me at home under the Gentleman Psychic on the webpage. You can find me. A Nick Haunted Diary. We're we yes. doing things now. We're kind of co-workers. Yeah, we're
0: co-workers. Yeah, that's how we met. We both teach for yeah. Nick's Haunted Diary. Uh, um, you teach like poltergeists and all um, kinds of
1: things. I don't know. He'll say, Hey, can you teach? And I go, Yeah, let me think about it. Yeah, fine.
0: Yeah. I <laughs> yeah, I know. He was like, <laughs> um, you you know astrology, right? And he was like, Can you teach it? And I was like, Yeah, he's like, Can you teach planetary magic too? And I was like, yeah, I can see that. I'm, yeah. I'm it, and then I saw like I saw you because of it, and you know Patty Negri also yeah. teaches on there, and um Kaya. I know I've worked with Kaya before in the past, so I love I love how the paranormal community opens up.
1: Oh, it's lovely, and and you know there there are so many people are afraid. I, I hate the the so called witch wars where they, they will. I think it's juvenile and high school, and and okay, you don't like somebody, you know, you don't have to, you don't have to work with them, and you don't have to be near them, but the whole, oh, I'm gonna put a spell on you, Ooh, I'm gonna, come on, no, you know, there's, there's, it stems a lot from jealousy, and the paranormal world is really opening up, and really, it is a community, and we can support each other, and we can, there's plenty to go around.
0: Yeah, this is really pertinent to something that I've dealt with over the summer where I'm, I'm, I'm like, yeah, you don't need to be like casting against someone else. Because the thing is, in my opinion, a skilled witch is going to understand that it's more valuable if you put your energy towards your goals versus yeah. like taking someone else down. Now I will fucking throw a reversal.
1: Oh, yeah. I'll throw a fucking <laughs> reversal.
0: <laughs> but I'm not going to cast. I'm not going to cast unprovoked. No, no. Well, thank you again. Do you, um, did you plug your Instagram as well?
1: Oh, yeah. Well, you can find me everywhere um, under Richard Lael Lillard on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, also The Gentleman Psychic under all of those places too. The website, thegentlemanpsychic.com. I'm, you know, I'm easy. If you look for Richard Lael Lillard or The Gentleman Psychic, trust me, I'm on there excepting for, I think, that thing called Twitch. I think. I okay. I mean, I don't, know, I don't even know <laughs> There what are that too is. many
0: things now. <laughs> I, think
1: th- I think a twitch is what, what happens when people ask me, why are you a Satanist? Do you actually believe in the devil? I yeah. Think that's what,
0: that's oh, what my gosh. See, that's be. what we have to talk about next time because there are so many different types of Satanists, Stephen. <laughs> oh, no, no. mm-hmm. So we'll, ha- we'll have to put a pin in it and have you back to talk about it. I look forward to it. All right, awesome. Well, oh, thanks. Oh, fabulous. You're thanks welcome. Thanks again. <laughs> thanks again for tuning in, guys. You can find me online at rainbowglitterstar.com, on Instagram, at Rainbow Glitter Star, for the podcast at The Glittercast. Cast. Uh, you can also find me on at Betwixt the Shadows, which is my weekly live stream every Wednesday at YouTube. At 7 o'clock, I sit down with Sal from The Crooked Path, and we answer all of your questions about the occult, esoteric, and psychic abilities. So please, if you haven't checked that out yet, do so. I am offering a special for people who mentioned the Glitter Cast. If you would like to book a one-hour reading, I'll be knocking $20 off those. Uh, I will also honor this uh, for gift certificates if you're looking to buy something special for your witchy friends and delight in everyone you see. I hope you guys are having a wonderful week. I love you. Bye.